Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I appreciate you joining me very much. Dishes or laundry or changing diapers or driving up and down the road getting ready for work or just getting done with work, conference period, lunch, sit on the porch, whatever it is, I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your time and I will try to use it wisely. Trees came in much faster than I expected. So, the three-legged wolf and I are out right now getting ready to plant them. If you use that getting ready term pretty loosely. (laughs) So, we'll see how that goes. The birds are all a Twitter, as I'm sure you can tell in the background. (laughs) Lord, thank you for birds and for time to record this podcast and for the people that listen to it, for those that share it with others and tell other people about it, for those that encourage me in it, walk up to me or tell me online how much they're enjoying it. I'm incredibly grateful for them and for that. Thank you for your guiding hand. Thank you for this country that we live in. Forgive us our sins, Lord, both individually and as a nation. Help us to do your will. Help us to seek you first. To love you with all that we are and our neighbors as ourselves. And God, my words, Lord. And be with the people that listen and their families, please, Father. In your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to go back to Harvard again. But one of my little ones came out. to feed the one of our cats actually we're going to go back to Harvard in just a minute but before we do that we are going to I, I thought of a little analogy and hopefully I'm not making too much of it but I thought it would be useful to share with y'all we'll see So since we're talking about education, and we will continue to talk about it, if you have, if you know an educator, you talk to somebody that you trust, as I say so often, I've got a handful that are in education that I listen pretty intently to what they say, and some that have been 
Well, actually, my father was an educator his entire career. And so you get all these solutions for education. I think most people to one degree or another would say that there's something wrong, a lot wrong perhaps, with education today. And, uh, and you get a lot of different solutions. Uh, but we've we've listened to the wrong ones for a long time now. And this is kind of an analogy for why and how we're listening to something wrong versus what we should be doing. So you're a group of doctors. You've got, say, 100 or so different patients. And they're all sick. And they all have cancer. And everybody knows they have cancer, or at least a large chunk of people do. And so they have symptoms that come along with cancer. For example, maybe, I don't know, maybe 25 or 30 of them have nausea, right? And so the group of doctors gets together and says, well, we're going to give you a pill to relieve that nausea. And it works real good for a few of them. Works okay for some. And then there's a few that it doesn't work for at all anyway, but it, but it works real well for those few. So the, we latch on the doctors to that, those few. We say, well, you know what? Not only are we going to give you this pill now, we're going to give everybody here. We're going to keep you on this pill for nausea, this medicine, so that it'll prevent you from getting nauseous, right? And so it improves. And we go down the road. And then another 25 or 30 of the patients, they have just these blinding headaches, which some of y'all that have migraines can really appreciate. And the we doctors all get together and say, well, you know what? Excedrin, Tylenol, ibuprofen, whatever it is, some cocktail mixture of the three, we're going to give you this. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make your headache better. And it does for quite a few of them. And... And then a few, not so much. And then, then a few, it really doesn't help at all. But it does help quite a few. And we, they go, you know, we go again as these doctors. We're like, well, it worked for this little set right here. And so we're going to go ahead and add that to the nausea medication. And we're going to give everybody, all hundred of these patients, so that we're now all on this nausea medicine and this headache, Tylenol, ibuprofen, Advil, whatever it is, Aleve, doesn't matter. And we go on down the road. Then another 25 or 30 of them, they say, God, just, you know, I'm just exhausted every day, every day. And they say, hmm, well, how much sleep are you getting? And they say, well, such and such amount. And they say, well, obviously that's, I mean, that's the problem where you're not getting enough sleep. So we need you to, uh, to increase the amount of sleep you're getting by X number of hours. 
And so they do. And, and this actually helps quite a few of them because, you know, sleep is, it's important for a number of different reasons. And so the panel of doctors gets so excited that we say, hey, everybody is going to sleep this much. So now you're, you're on this medicine, and these two medicines, and you got this pill for sleeping and, and you have to sleep this much. And if you don't sleep this much, there's going to be some consequences for it. Or just the threat of, you know, if you don't do what we tell you to do, then you're not going to, not going to get any better. And so it improves a little bit. And <clears throat> then we got another 10 or 15 or whatever, and they have some problem the doctors treat it. But as we go down the road, the patients, those hundred patients get a little better for just a little while, but, but then the effects start to reduce. And, and then we notice other effects coming in and, that aren't treated by the medicine that we've given. given. And it just turns into more and more of a mess, right? People are still sick. They're not getting any better. The medicine that was working isn't working anymore. And, and then this one doctor one day comes into the group and says, hey, I know exactly what's wrong with you. I know exactly how to fix it. And it has got a 100% success rate. We're going to pretend that this is possible for this analogy, folks. 100% success rate. Every single person and the other doctors are like, no. You know, the patients are like, absolutely. What, what, what's the deal? And this one doctor says, well, you've got cancer. And the patients go, oh, well, yeah, we, we kind of know that. Or, you know, or some of them maybe or didn't really think that and they're kind of shocked. But all of them say, well, that, that sounds pretty bad. And the doctor says, it is. It is. It's, it's real bad. And if we don't treat it, it, you know, it's, it's terminal. And of course that gets everybody's attention. Well, what do we, what do we do? And he says, well, we've got this treatment, this medication that we bump into you and get rid of all the other ones that you're on. And we put this medication in there and it, it heals you. But doctor says, I got to tell you, uh, it's it's going to be a little bit more painful and it's going to make you a little bit sick before you get better but you will get better there's no doubt about it none at all and well now some of the patients are saying oh, i don't know i don't know about that i don't know if that's such a grand idea after all but there's quite a few of them that do and, uh, and they take the medicine and some of them refuse to actually but and the ones that do, some of them start to get sick. And when they start to get sick, they, they get nervous and scared and back off and they quit. But those ones that actually take it, and then, and then there's, there's some of them that they start to take it, but some of the other doctors come in and convince them that that's not true. Or, and, and then there's a couple of doctors that come in on a few patients and they just change the medication without telling them. And so it doesn't work. But you've got this handful that, that take the medication and stay on the regimen and and they do get a little sicker. But lo and behold, eventually they get healthy. And so how does this all translate, folks? Education. 
Maybe that was a little long for some of y'all, and I apologize. There is a problem in education. There's one problem and one solution that every other problem goes back to. And that is what we talk about so frequently on this podcast, what you've seen the last couple of days with Harvard. That the base of knowledge, the base of learning, the base of education, the foundation has to be laid in Jesus Christ. Everything else comes from that, folks. It's not a matter of not having enough money primarily, not having the best facilities primarily, not having enough textbooks primarily. And really the overwhelming problem in education, the the overwhelming symptom, if you will, in education is directly tied. All of them are tied to it. But this one is, is so closely tied to it. It's amazing that we've let ourselves be led down this path. And that is the family. Find that educator, that administrator, that counselor that you trust. Sit down and have an honest conversation with them. And it will no doubt lead to the overwhelming 90 plus percent of the issue is home life. Well, how does that tie into God? Well, God's design for sex and marriage is get married first and then have sex. So that would throw the wedlock births into that category, the single parent, most of them. And then don't get divorced. Be faithful to that spouse. Honor the marriage bed is the way that the Bible phrases it in one place. And so if you do those things, the family unit strengthens. The kid has a safe place to go home. The kid has a stable place to go home. They have a base from which to operate where they're secure, where they have strength, where they have peace, where they have protection. But that only works, right? If we have a man and a woman fulfilling the roles that they've been given by God, which ties into feminism. Right. And, and just, I mean, it just spirals rapidly out of control, folks, you know, because we want to do what we want to do. Or you could say here, we want to do who we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. Well, that's, <laughs> and here we are. But all of this stuff goes back just like those precepts we talked about in the previous podcast at Harvard. And we're going to read one more today, at least. It all goes back to this. This is the solution. God is the solution in education. And just real quick to get this out of the way, because we talk about it so frequently. So real quick. One, America is a Christian nation or was born that way, I should say. Perhaps is is no longer true, but born that way. That's correct. And can only function that way. And if you are just new to the podcast and you're like, well, this guy obviously doesn't know what he's talking about, go back and listen to the last year and a half. And almost so frequently we talk about that. So many quotes. The second thing is, well, you can't, you can't push Jesus Christ in public secular education. Well, it shouldn't be secular. That's not the way our founders talked about it. That's not how they want it separate, set up. Whether you're talking about Jefferson or Fisher Ames or Benjamin Rush or 
any number of others that we've talked about here. And in any nation, folks, any single nation, if you're going to have publicly funded, taxpayer-funded education, it has to support and strengthen that. If you're in a Muslim nation, it should be no wonder that state publicly funded education supports Islam. I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's not. But it makes no sense, just like as a side note, lack of immigration laws, it makes no sense to have publicly funded, taxpayer-funded education that undermines and destroys a nation. So either we don't have publicly funded education, and you give the money back to the families, which is not what our founders wanted either. They, a, a good number of them and a growing number recognized that we had to have an education, educated citizenry in order for this republic to work. You need public education. But it has to be Christ-centered. And you say, well, what about freedom of religion? You don't have to believe in Jesus Christ. Send the kid to school. Well, they need to learn the principles the nation was founded on in each subject, the primary textbook across all subjects. You want to teach them something else when they come home? Teach them something else when they come home? Having a Christ-centered, publicly funded education doesn't undermine freedom of religion in any way. That's just a completely false, vile argument that was passed by the Supreme Court. So, those two things. I'm going to get at least one precept from Harvard in today, folks, and we'll finish up tomorrow. And maybe that analogy wasn't as important to share as I thought it was. Or maybe it was. I'll leave it with y'all. But our all of our problems go back to that one solution. Nineteen or 1642 rules and precepts, Harvard. Number five, that they studiously redeem the time, observe the general hours, diligently attend the lectures without any disturbance by word or gesture. That's just a general one that we need back in the classroom. And if you do disturb the classroom, you should be gone. School district should have the ability to say, hey, you know what? You can come back and try again next year, but not this year. Thank you very much. And you certainly, if you're emotionally disturbed and a threat to others, shouldn't have the ability to say or do anything you want and still maintain, still go to that school. And that is, if you don't know that, folks, that really is nearly the case. You have to extremely you have to break the rules horribly bad in order to not come back. Number six, none shall frequent the company and society of such men as lead an unfit and dissolute life. Nor shall any without his tutors leave or without the call of parents or guardians go abroad to other towns. This was college, so a little bit different, but the first line still fits. You're not going to go out and hang out with people that just are lazy bums basically that don't have any direction in their life you're going to spend time with people that are motivated and going to help motivate you and lead you down the right path notice that all these seemingly perhaps secular points come after the christian points here at harvard that we've talked about the last couple of days seven every scholar shall be present in his tutor's chamber at the seventh hour in the morning immediately after the sound of the bell at his opening, the scripture and prayer, so also at the fifth hour at night, 
and then give account of his own private reading. But if any shall absent himself from prayer or lectures, he shall be liable to admonition if he offended above once a week. And so you got to study, you got to pray, you got to spend time at these lectures and pay attention. And if you don't, there's going to be consequences. And again, this is college, a little different than your local education, your K through 12 education. But the point is still, we have lectures at 10. Don't be a disturbance. God should be at the center of that, center of that twice a day. And it, and it should be in every classroom, part of that. And it's so simple in English. It's so simple in history. It's so simple in science. And I'm sure there's some people out there that would make it so simple in math. But not me. <laughs> and then the last one, and we'll move on, folks. If any scholar shall be found to transgress any of the laws of God or of school, he may be admonished at the public monthly act. So if you're going to do something that goes against the rules of the school or against the rules of God, there's going to be consequences for that. And if we're going to pay all this money, if we're going to forcibly take tax money from American citizens to send children, not even their own, to school or their own, it doesn't really matter, but you know, especially not their own, and they're going to pay, there have to be there there has to be some kind of responsibility some kind of consequences of holding people accountable if they're not behaving in those manners and it has it's just not there folks it's just not there today talk to these counselors these teachers these administrators that you trust especially the administrators if you can find some in your area whether it's california New York, whether it's Kansas, Oklahoma, it doesn't matter. I know we've got listeners kind of scattered all across the United States now, and I know we've got them in some other countries, and so you can apply this there as it applies. But here in the United States, across the board, it doesn't matter what state you're in. Talk to those administrators, and you're going to see, if you don't already know, how little control they have left in these schools when they have students that are a disruption or past that. This is where our education started with God. This is where it has to go back to. Is that going to make everything perfect? No, absolutely not. Does that mean every student's going to suddenly be a brilliant Rhodes Scholar? No, it doesn't. But it is the best path. It is the path that made us great. It's the path that made our education great. And so you take that path and you do the best you can on it. And you realize that it's never going to be perfect until we get to the other side and eternity with heaven, with Jesus Christ and God. But these rules and precepts, folks, these are phenomenal. These aren't radical. What we're doing today is radical in a horrible way. I talked way too much today. We'll come back and finish up Harvard. Try and do it tomorrow on the podcast. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon.